This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you who are watching today, especially if you're watching for the first time. Uh, may, I, may I encourage you to stay tuned. Today we want to talk about salvation. Salvation. What is it? How do I get it? Is it possible for me to have it? Stay tuned as we discuss that today. Salvation. Now we want to continue to offer the free Bible correspondence course in order that you might know more about the course, that you might know how to receive it. Let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-711. 5214. Let me read to you today from 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 10. Therefore I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. I want you to notice some key words in that passage. One key word is the word salvation, that they also may obtain the salvation. And then notice this expression, in Christ Jesus. How do we obtain salvation, deliverance from our sins, in Christ Jesus. I want you to try to imagine something with me today. I want you to imagine that I'm writing on a, a marker board. And I'm going to draw a line right down the middle of that marker board. We're going to allow that line to represent something. We're going to allow that line to represent the forgiveness of our sins. If our sins are forgiven, if our sins are released, then I know that I'm in a state of being saved, that is, I have salvation. That, that which all of us should desire is forgiveness of sins. And, but how do I obtain that? How do I obtain forgiveness? How do I obtain salvation, which is in the Lord Jesus Christ? Now, think about that marker board for a moment. And here on one side of that board, we want to write down two little words. Those two little words are, in Christ. Notice in 2 Timothy 2, verse 10, we have those two words, in Christ. 
that they may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. What do we have if we are in Jesus Christ? Now the opposite of being in Christ is being out of Christ. It might help us to appreciate what we have in Christ if we knew what we had if we were not in Jesus Christ. In the second chapter of Ephesians, and in verse number one, Paul, the writer of the book of Ephesians, explains what people are if they are out of Jesus Christ. Listen to him by verse one beginning. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. So in time past, they were dead in sin in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the mind of the, of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. So in time past, they were out of Christ, dead in sin. But what do we obtain if we are in Jesus Christ? Look in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. In Christ, we have access to every spiritual blessing. There are blessings that all people have that are not spiritual in nature. But spiritual blessings are for people who are in Jesus Christ. Another blessing that we have in Christ is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 17. Therefore, if any man, who is any man? Well, that's just any man at all. Any person. That could even be you. Therefore, if any man is in Christ. There's our phrase again, in Christ. He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Someone says, how are we born again? How can we become new creations in Jesus Christ? How can I start all over again? You must be in Christ. For because he says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Now let's look at yet another passage, and that would take us to the book of Romans, the 8th chapter and verse number 1. In Romans 8 and 1, listen to Paul. There is therefore now no condemnation. Now if a person is condemned, they're, they're lost, aren't they? There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. There is the expression again, in Christ, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now, here's what we've learned that if a person is in Christ, 
He has access to all spiritual blessings. If a person is in Christ, he is a new creature. If a person is in Christ, he is no longer a condemned person. So we want to be in Christ. To be in Christ is to be saved. Listen to 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 10 again. I endure all things for the elect's sake that they may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus. Where is salvation? In Christ. Salvation is in Christ. No condemnation in Christ. New creature in Christ. All spiritual blessings are found in Jesus Christ. Now, that makes me wonder, how do I get into Christ where I have access to those blessings, where I can become a new creation, where I will no longer be condemned, where I'll have salvation? How do I obtain the salvation which is to be found in Christ. Well, let's forget about that side of our board for a moment. Let's concentrate on the other side. And on the other side of, the, of this board, we have written down the question, why are men unsaved? And the answer is found in your Bible in Romans, the third chapter, verse 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The reason that men and women, boys and girls of a responsible age are unsaved is because of sin in their lives. But what is it that God has done because of man's lostness? Because man is unsaved. And in John the third chapter in verse 16, we learn what God has done. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You see, God loved us enough that he was willing to give his precious son upon the cross of Calvary for the salvation of of the human family. So it's not a question of what God has done. The question is, what would God have me to do in order that I might cross that line from being unsaved to being saved, that I might obtain the forgiveness of sin or salvation? Now remember, in Christ you have all blessings, spiritual blessings. In Christ, you're a new creation. In Christ, you're not condemned. In Christ, there is salvation. So the question is, how do I get into Christ? What does God want me to do to cross that line from being unsaved to being saved? What must I do? Well, God wants me to believe on his son. In John chapter 8, for example, and in verse number 24, Jesus said, 
unless you believe that I am he, ye will die in your sins. It is imperative that we believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. We must believe in him if we hope to obtain salvation. Now someone says, well, I believe. Is that all that is necessary? Well, if that's all that is necessary, even the devils would be saved. For James 2.19 says, even the devils believe and tremble. But that's not all there is for one to obtain that salvation is in Christ. I'm aware that it's very common to hear uh, men today declare that all one must do is just to believe in Jesus Christ and, and you'll be saved. But I want to call your attention to some passages in the book of James chapter 2, if you'll turn with me there, to James chapter 2 and in verse number 24. You see then that a man is justified by works. Now these are not works of merit, these are works of obedience. You need to study the entire chapter to find out what kind of works that he's talking about. Some people read that and they just assume that works are just works, but they're, they're dead works that are mentioned in the Bible. They're works of faith that are mentioned in the Bible. They're works of love that are mentioned in the Bible. They're works of obedience that are mentioned in the Bible. So what kind of work is he talking about? He's talking about works of obedience. And you could just substitute the word obedience there and it would be correct. You see then how that a man is justified by his obedience by works and not by faith only. There are two reasons that we do not and should not believe that all that's necessary for a person to be saved is, is just have a mental assent to faith in Christ. And one reason is because the Bible doesn't teach that. The second reason is because it plainly teaches that we're not saved that way. Let me read it again. You see then a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Look at verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. We need to have a working faith, an obedient faith. That's the faith that saves. So it's important to have faith. Now God wants me to believe in his son. But God also wants me to repent of my sins. Our Lord in Luke the 13th chapter in verse 3 said, I tell you nay, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. So it's repent or perish. We need to repent of our sins, turn away from our sins. But in order that we might be saved, that we might obtain salvation in Christ, the Bible teaches that I not only should believe, but I should be willing to confess that I believe. It has not always been popular to confess the name of Christ. But if we're to be saved, we must be willing to acknowledge Him as the Son of the living God. In Acts 8 chapter, Philip was preaching Christ to the man from Ethiopia. And they came to a certain water, and the, the Ethiopian said, now, now here's water, why can't I be baptized? Philip said, well, if you believe, you may. And the man said, I believe that Jesus Christ 
is the Son of God. He confessed his faith in Christ, and so they commanded the chariot to stand still. They went down into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. He baptized him as a believer in Jesus Christ. We would not want to baptize one who was an unbeliever. You baptize people who are believers in Jesus Christ. So God wants us to believe on his son, to repent of our sins, confess our faith. But the Bible teaches water baptism. Now, there are different ideas that people have about water baptism. Some people believe that this means that we are to be sprinkled with water, but it is not for uh, the obtaining of salvation in Jesus Christ. That is, it's not for salvation. Secondly, another concept is that baptism is an immersion in water, but it is not for salvation. And third, there is the concept that baptism is a burial in water, an immersion in water, for salvation. Now, what does the Bible teach? Which of those three concepts are found in the Bible? Well, let's just read some Bible verses and let those verses answer the question. Isn't that fair? To let God answer the question. First of all, I would read Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. Peter answered and said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So here people are told to, to repent of their sins, to be baptized for the remission of their sins. In order their sins might be remitted, they must believe, repent, and they must be baptized for the remission of those sins. Let's look at a second passage. This one is found in Acts the 22nd chapter in verse 16. Why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized. Wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Notice in that passage that washing away of sin comes after the act of baptism and not before it. That is, we're not saved and then we're baptized. We're baptized in order that our sins be washed away according to that passage. Now let's look at a yet a third verse. This passage is found in Mark the 16th chapter in verse 16. He that believeth and is baptized, shall be saved. He that believeth not, shall be damned. Now in that particular passage, there are two conditions of salvation, belief and baptism. He that believeth one, is baptized two, shall be saved, number three. It's just as plain as one, two, three. There's one condition of damnation. That's to be an unbeliever. He that believeth not is condemned. That is, you're condemned to the very point of your unbelief. According to our Lord in John 3 verse 18, he that believeth not is condemned already, Jesus said. Two conditions of salvation, 
belief, and baptism. Now let's look at a fourth verse. This passage is found in 1 Peter, the third chapter, and verse number 21. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so the Bible says in 1 Peter 3.21 that baptism saves us. Now let me pause long enough to say there isn't any power in the water, that the power is not in the water, the power is in the blood of Jesus to cleanse us of our sins. The power is in doing what God says to do. Now these verses are telling us what baptism is and what it does. Baptism is for the remission of our sins. It is to wash away our sins. It is to save us. And two passages say essentially the same thing, that it saves us. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Someone says, well, Brother Lambert, you just said that it is the blood that saves us. And now you're saying that baptism saves us. Well, let me, let's answer that by asking some questions, and then we're going to allow the Bible to answer those questions. Question number one, what washes away sin? Now, the answer to that is found in the Bible in Revelation 1 verse 5. Unto him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Question, when does that blood wash away my sins? Well, I go back to a passage in Acts twenty-two sixteen, And now why tarest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. What washes away sin? Nothing but the blood. When does the blood wash away sin? It's when I'm baptized as a penitent, confessing believer. Now let's raise another question. What remits sin? Well, to answer that, we turn to Matthew, the 26th chapter, and verse 28. Jesus said, For this is my blood of the New Testament, which was shed for many for the remission of sins. Jesus shed his blood, not because we were saved, but that we might be saved for the remission of sins. So what remits our sins? The blood. Question, when does that blood remit our sins? Now to answer that, we turn in our Bible to Acts the second chapter in verse 38. Peter answered and said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. Someone says, Brother Lambert, I've heard preachers say that for remission of sins means because of the remission of your sins. Yes, that we should be baptized, not to be saved, but because you already are saved. Well, if that's the case, then you would have our Lord in Matthew 26, 28 saying, I shed my blood, not that uh, in order that you might be saved because you already are saved, because the same expression for remission of sins 
is in both passages of Scripture. We can't have it two different ways. Jesus said, I shed my blood to remit your sins. And he said, your sins are remitted when you repent of your sins and when you're baptized. That's what the Bible teaches. That's what the Scripture says. Someone says, well, Brother Lambert, all that's well and good, but I want to be in Christ. How do I get into Jesus Christ? I want you to take your Bibles now, if you will, and turn with me to the sixth chapter of Romans. And let's start reading at verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know, listen to verse 3 carefully please, do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Now think about those verses. We're talking about being in Jesus Christ. How do we get into Jesus Christ is the question. We have studied and we have learned what we have in Christ. And ultimately we have salvation in Jesus Christ, 2 Timothy 2.10. And God wants us to believe on His Son and to repent of our sins. And we ought to be willing to tell people we believe and we're to be baptized. It is just as important to believe as it is to be baptized. It is just as important to repent as it is to be baptized. It is just as important to confess faith in Christ as it is to be baptized. But the step that puts me into Jesus Christ is the act of baptism. Let me read it one more time. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Let me ask you a question. Where did Jesus shed his blood? Somebody says, well, Brother Lambert, he shed his blood when he died. In other words, he shed his blood in his death on the cross. And when we're baptized, we're baptized into his death, into the benefits of his death. That's where we come in contact by faith with the blood of Christ that washes away our sins, saves us, forgives our sins. And I would plead with you today to obey Jesus. Do what the Lord says. When we're baptized into Christ, that puts us into the body of Christ, which is the church. For by one spirit we're all baptized into one body. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13. Salvation is in Jesus Christ. Are you saved? Thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, 
Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580 or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles.